All right, hey guys, what's happening? Welcome back to another episode. I'm here with Dylan Lopez. Uh, go ahead and say what's up to the camera. What's up, guys? How you doing? What are you staring at, bro? You're staring at the light. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, uh, let, me, let me do that. Over. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome back to another episode of The Bob Show. I'm here with Dylan Lopez. Dylan, go ahead and say what's up. What's up, guys? How you doing? What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Take 26. And... No, this is awesome, bro. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of The Bob Show. I'm here with Dylan Lopez. Dylan, would you please say hi to the camera? What's up, guys? <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Dylan, dude, like, um, how long have we been working together as clients, man? Three years, man. Three so, years. Like, when is it exactly three years? Because I know we started um, at, like, a park. Yeah, during COVID. Oh, so, man. yeah. Yeah. We were doing it at the park. And no, I started at Dave first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, talk, to, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, when did you start with Dave and kind of how did we transition over to me? I think it was the year before I was with Dave at the, the old facility. Was and that the, the pack facility or like the OG facility? The pack. pack. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then um, I went like a few times, but I don't know why I never went back. Mm -hmm. And then I saw you on Instagram and I was like, oh, I'm going to DM him. And okay. then, yeah. This dude slid into the DMs, bro. Basically. Always yeah. sliding. Always yep. sliding. Yeah. <laughs> why do you say yes to that? It's weird, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm a dude. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, yeah. So, you, uh, we started working um, during COVID, right? Yep. Dude, how, like, give me your take on that. Cause I know it was weird for me being at a park and after like spending eight years at a facility and being spoiled, like going to, going to the park was, uh, was intense, but give me your perspective on like COVID and doing pitching lessons. Um, I thought it was pretty unique. You know, I wasn't really, I didn't really care we were, where we were at. I just knew you had like good knowledge and everything. And I was like, I just want to learn how to learn how to do this pocket path thing. And that's basically all I wanted. I was like, okay, if I learn how to do the pocket path, I'm going to throw like 95. Yeah. So I was just like worried well, about that. We got you a couple miles an hour from there. I mean, yeah. you, were, you were up to 92 for a little bit, man. 93. Yeah. 92.5. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, like the, what was, uh, what was COVID like for you? I know a lot of people struggled like mentally and physically to, to stay motivated and stuff. Yeah. Uh, give me a little bit of like your take on that. Um, I mean, I liked it. I mean, I was just, the only part that I didn't like was the social aspect. I mean, I'm a very social person and I love like talking to people, going out, but, um, I just went outside a lot. Just, I, I might've went like on three walks a day, uh, just working out in my garage, just not paying attention to zoom. But, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of clients, um, actually bring their like portable device or their mobile device to the lessons and they would just put their uh, their screen on black and say that it was uh, not working and then they'd give a or get a pitching lesson during their zoom call did, did we ever do that no no <laughs> okay. you're the smart one yeah, yeah i had i had quite a few clients do that man it was it was crazy times um did we ever get kicked out of the park from like law enforcement because no. i had that happen a few times you did no never yeah, yeah, it was it was trippy, man. I've this is honestly like my first time talking about um, about like COVID and like pitching lessons uh, since it all happened. It's kind of something I've suppressed. But um, were there any like there was a lot of like positives for you, obviously. But like the from the social aspect, did you have any like um, any things that you like really wish you um, or really things you really missed like during that time? Just basically just going out with friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean. I go out with friends like 
few times a week normally. So just being home alone kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it, it allowed me to spend more time with my family and then like also with my relationship with God, just praying and just, yeah, basically. Yeah, that's cool, man. That that kind of was a, a transformative time for me as well. I, I got baptized. Well, I like made the decision to get baptized in um, September of 2019 and then everything shut down. But that was like right at the exact same time that I met my wife. So um, everything shut down, but it was like a very positive thing for the social side of things for me because I'm you and I are both the same, like bubbly, want to be around people, want to hang out um, and, and go out places. But when COVID happened, everything shut down. But that just that forced me to kind of like settle in and and focus on uh, just one person and couldn't even like meet her family or anything for a few months. But um, yeah, it it really helped you like harness your skill set and really like hone in and focus. Um, what um what were some of like the the key principles that you kind of learned during that time from a from like a spiritual standpoint? I mean, I didn't really struggle that during that time really with my faith. I mean, I was pretty consistent reading my Bible and just praying to God. But I'd say, like, the struggle came, like, a couple years later, like, after the injury. That's when I really, like, changed with my faith and everything. Yeah. So, like, during COVID, it wasn't wasn't too bad for me. Yeah. That, uh, that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of my mindset. And one of the main reasons why I brought you in, man, is uh, you've, you've dealt with a lot of adversity. I mean, you're skipping right over that, uh, that like, comebacker to the face <laughs> that that platform or that like um set you back a while Uh, let's talk about that i do want to get into like your pec injury and everything but yeah talk to me about the uh the injury to the face what happened oh oh i got hit in the face (laughs) yeah with a line drive that was like it was like 100 miles per hour off the bat that's it and it was like right here (laughs) yeah and uh, i kept pitching but i kept (laughs) pitching um they wanted to take me out but i was like no and I remember one of the trainers, our main trainer wasn't there that day. And so we had like an assistant and like she got fired because she kept me in. <laughs> Actually? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So probably need to leave yeah. that little bit yeah, no, no, piece no. of the pie out. But <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I stayed in. I just, I just love, I mean, when I'm in that zone, I just don't want to stop. So yeah, it was kind of like your, your eyes went red and you just like, uh, yeah, I mean, I got bull running yeah. after that, uh, that I had like seven runs scored off me, but it's okay. Dude, no, I remember. Uh, I remember talking to you. Like you came to the lesson the next week, and you're you're have like an iron jaw or something because there was like hardly a bruise, but oh, yeah. you were like kind of like closed up and clenching your teeth, and oh, yeah. you were ready to throw like ninety six at my shins, but um, which is a very common thing for this guy, by the way. This dude can has like no feel when it comes to like low intent and high intent. I mean, we barely just now started figuring that out, but um, I think I think the biggest thing that I saw with you was just. Um, that like kind of initiated that like I don't know for me I just saw like your your mindset shift a little bit when you got hit in the face like it was kind of like a a small like determination like hey if I if I threw that pitch harder that wouldn't have been hit like that would have been by you do you agree to that I agree yeah yeah uh talk to me a little bit about that mindset like because because you did start like really running for the radar gun at that point I think you bought a radar gun at that point yeah just having like a bulldog mindset Mm -hmm. um just going in there and just going all out I mean not being very not being timid on the mound I would Mm -hmm. say just just attacking batters and and just not being afraid of like just throwing the strike zone basically Hmm. that's what I was focusing on yeah um from all right so from like a biblical standpoint is there any like like old testament like role models that you have um 
that have that same like bulldog mentality? I've never hmm. asked you this question. I don't have anyone in mind right now. I mean, I like Job in the Old Testament. Mm. That's who I admire the most. Um, just his ability to like overcome like his adversity that he was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he was pretty blessed. I feel like I'm pretty blessed. And I feel like our stories kind of relate. Mm. But yeah, Job. I admire Job. Yeah, for sure, man. Is, is there any particular verse that, that you um, that you like the most from Job? Uh, yeah. Um, basically, well, let me think of it. I have it on my Instagram. Um, <laughs> this guy's a poser. <laughs> the Lord gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Um, Every time that song pops up on our like uh, worship station or or even like at church itself, dude, I I tear up every time. Yeah. Man, that's such a good verse. Because um, us as athletes, we just we want our plan to work out every time, and it's just not always the case. I mean, that was that was the case for me. I got released like seven different times or something like that, or or released and acquired or traded to other teams or whatever. But every time it was like. No, hey, God's plan. Like, I'm, the only reason I'm here is because God gave me this ability and gave me this opportunity. So um, I never specifically, like, prayed that prayer, but that I resonate with it completely, man. Um, talk to me about a little more adversity that's happened in your life. What other things have gone on that have kind of helped um, solidify that mindset for you? Yeah, the pec injury was definitely the biggest. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I feel like before the pec injury... I put everything into baseball like it was it was like my idol almost and um I was putting it before my relationships with my family, my girlfriend, my friends, before God even sometimes like baseball was like my god basically. Mm. And yeah. So I believe that's like a reason why it was taken away from me for like a short period of time it's because I needed to learn how to not rely on it. And understand that it's not everything. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people just have that mindset where, oh, if I don't make it, you know, I don't want to do anything. And that's kind of how I was too. But I realized that it's not everything. And, you know, it's not all about me, you know. Um, it was just like figuring out like God's will and my will for my life. So basically like not wanting what I want, but like wanting what God wants for me. Hmm. Yeah, that that's crazy how uh, similar that is to my story too, man. I think um, I think I've learned a lot from you over these these past few years and like how to how to handle adversity. Like when I have small things like oh, like uh, <laughs> my truck breaks down or or oh, I can't pay uh, I can't pay this bill this month because it's slow or anything like that. Like I I instantly think of like the adversity you've come through come over and um, or. I think of the adversity you've overcome mm-hmm. and, and it just fires me up and it's like, Hey, like if Job can do it, if Dylan can do it, like, dude, I can push past the, the thought of needing to do it on my own. Cause ultimately it's, we don't do anything in life on our own. It's all, it's all uh, God's sovereign plan. And it's all like um, our decision to choose him or choose ourselves every se- every single day. So um, I love that, man. Um, talk to me a little bit about the, uh, the pec injury. Talk to me a little bit about the pec injury. What do you, um, what happened? <laughs> well, okay, this is a crazy story, but like I truly believe like a miracle happened that day because God was able to use the darkest time of my life and like use it to help someone else. 
Hmm. And um, I still remember, like, I went into the gym. Um, and I wasn't planning to bench press that day. I don't know what happened. Like, I was just going to stretch, just run. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to bench press. I don't bench press, really. So that was very odd. And, um, you know, I just wanted – I'm a very, like – Ego. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an ego lifter, but, you know, I like lifting pretty heavy. I like lifting pretty heavy. And I had, uh, you know, I warmed up fine. And I had, like, 285 on the bar. And I just asked a random guy to, like, spot me. And I remember going up. And, I mean, I had it. I, I did one rep. And then my second rep, I was going up. And I just remember shaking it. It just all blew out. Just pa 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 pa. And then I dropped the bar on my neck. And... My spotter, he wasn't able to like lift it off me. Yeah, <laughs> nah, yeah. So basically, um, some big guy from the gym just came running and he got it off me. And I remember being in like the worst pain of my life. Like I couldn't even breathe. Like I was like stuck on the bench, and they were trying to get me up. And they had to call the ambulance and the fire fire department. And the fire department showed up first, and they were able to get me up, and they like cut my uh, hoodie off and they were like oof like it was pretty bad because like it was kind of like moving and everything and it was like the, worms or something yeah like yeah and um i remember the firefighter he was like ooh yeah i think you tore your peck and he was like i've had that happen to me he said it took it took me around like 6 months and in my head i was like oh and i remember just looking myself in the mirror like across from me and i was like it wasn't so much the injury that was bothering me it was like my ego like, I felt like everything I had worked for just went down the drain in, like, a matter of seconds. And that's, like, where the real pain, like, hit. And then, um, you know, they just took my blood pressure. They took all my measurements. And then um, paramedics came in. And I remember they put me on the cart and they wheeled me out of the gym. And I remember getting into the ambulance. And this is where everything changed. Like, I got in. And um, there was a guy named Matt, and he sat in with me. And he's around 30 years old, he said. And I remember just the first thing I asked him was, Matt, are you a Christian? Hmm. And I don't know why. I don't know why I said it. It just came out. And he was like, oh, I used to be, but I don't believe in God anymore. Hmm. And I said, if you don't mind me asking, like, why? And he was like, well, basically, like, when I was in the military, um, two of my best friends, they were next to me in the vehicle, and they blew up when they hit a mine on the road. And one of them was leaving the next day to go become a pastor. He says, so I just don't understand why such a loving God would allow one of his leaders who were trying to lead people closer to him to die so tragically. And he said, and then on top of that, when I came home, my wife divorced me, and um, I had to move in with my parents. And when I moved in, I told my mom and dad I didn't want to become Christian anymore. And they kicked me out of the house. And he says, so I've been doing this for like over 10 years now. And I just haven't looked back. Hmm. And I was like, and you know, it really hit me. And then he, he went on and was just saying like, you know, I don't, I don't really know if I want to, want to like live anymore. And he told me this. And I was just like, I've known him for like maybe like six minutes in and he's already telling me this. And I was like. You know, I've never experienced someone telling me like that. They were once Christian, and then now they aren't. So that was new, because it's always the opposite. And then um, 
just someone being so vulnerable with me and telling me that they're just not wanting to live anymore. So like I felt in my heart like a calling to like speak. And basically I was like, you know, Matt, like I can't relate to you. I don't know what you're going through um, because, you know, I've never been in your situation. But I can assure you that this isn't God like causing your trouble in your life. I said, um, you know, I recently gave a speech because I had given a speech like a couple months before this about why do bad things happen to good people. And um, basically what I came down to was free will. And I was like, so God gave us all the ability to choose what we want in our lives. You know, we can choose between right or wrong. And as Christians, we believe that God is good. So anyone that chooses to deny God and chooses to distance themselves from God is more susceptible of like having like evil in their lives, doing bad things. And the people who killed your friends didn't have a God in their heart. You know, they just did it out of the intent to, to, to cause harm to someone. And I said, but that doesn't mean God didn't want that to necessarily happen. It was their choice. But God will use that bad and turn it into good. That's what he does. He reshapes it. And I said, you know, um, I said, so please don't blame God for what's going on in your life. And I said, have you ever read the book of Job? And I don't know why this came up. Like, I had just heard about the book of Job recently. And he was like, no, like, I've never... I think I've heard of his name, but no, I've never read it. And I was like, okay. I said, well, do you still have your Bible? And he was like, oh, no, I don't have my Bible anymore. It's at my parents' house. So I said, okay, Matt, I want you to go to your mom and dad's house. Go get that Bible. Say hi to them. He said he hasn't talked to them in years. Say hi to them, and I want you to read the book of Job. And I said, basically, in the book of Job, um, I'll give you a little description Job was a very righteous man. He had everything. You know, he was a true, like, follower of Christ. He would be like your modern-day pastor, basically. And, um, you know, he had wealth. He had family, kids. Everything was going on for Job. And one day, there's like, this weird description in the Bible, or, like, this dialogue between God and the devil. And God was basically like, hey, look at my righteous follower, Job. Like, he's so good to me. And the devil was like, well, he's only good to you because he has everything. So God was like, okay, I'll allow you to take everything away from Job, but spare his life. So basically, like, the next day, like, Job's family was killed. He lost all of his land, all of his cattle, like, everything. And um, he still didn't deny God. Like, he still was like, you know, God's not punishing me. This is just, you know, I'm still going to trust in God. And um, basically... The dialogue between God and the devil happened again, and God was like, see, I told you so, basically. Like, Job's still good to me. He's still righteous, even though everything was taken away. And the devil was like, well, he's only still good to you and everything because his own personal health hasn't been affected. And God was like, okay, well, I'll allow you to affect his personal health, but spare his life. So, like, the next day, like, Job woke up with, like, boils all over his body and, like, on his deathbed. But, and his wife came up to him and was like, hey, like, God's doing this to you, like deny God, like all this stuff. And then all of his friends came up to him. They came to visit and they were like, you must have done something wrong. Like God's punishing you. And he's like, no, like 
my God's like righteous. Like I'm a righteous guy. Like God loves me. Like He's not doing this to punish me. And he stayed true to God the whole time, basically. And in the end, Job ended up getting paid everything he lost back double. You know, and he lived a very long life, very fulfilling life. And I said, and you might, you might feel like you're Job right now. You might feel like you've lost everything. Mm-hmm. And um, you just don't want to live anymore, like you said. But I can assure you that if you just try one more time with God, that things will change in your life. And I said, he's knocking at your door right now. And I said, it doesn't have to be anything big. You don't have to start going to church right away and everything. Just give a little prayer and be like, God, please help open a door in my life to help me see you again. And I can assure you that if you give this prayer, that things will change. So we end up getting to the hospital. And I remember asking, I was like, hey, Matt, like, are you willing to like make that change? And he was like, "Uh, he's still on the fence. And then we get to the hospital and he was like, you know, can I be honest with you, Dylan? I was like, yes. He was like, I'm not an EMT out here. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm out in Reno Valley. Like, I never go to Riverside. Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Normally by now I've had around like 10 calls. And you're my second call all day. This is my slowest call. Well, I mean, this is my slowest day. I don't know why I'm here right now. Like, I just took your call. Like, I've never been to this hospital over here like I was like well everything happens for a reason Hmm. and I remember we got off like the vehicle and he was willing me into the hospital and he was basically like you know I remember I lived in Jerusalem for a couple years and he said I remember going to church and I really enjoyed it I was like well that's because God's good Hmm. and so you know we were saying our goodbyes and I was basically like I was like Matt will you just try one more time with God He's like, okay, I will. Hmm. And I remember like that specifically that day was very touching because my dad showed up and I basically explained to him everything that just happened. I was like, dad, you, you would never believe what just happened. Like, I just had the most fulfilling thing I've ever had in my life happen to me. And I told him, I was like, I basically told my dad, I was like, you know, I would allow this injury to happen to me like a thousand times over again if it meant I could help potentially like save someone um, from you know, hurting themselves or like save someone from like eternally, basically. And I was like, this is like the most touching thing. Like this arm, this injury, it's nothing. It's nothing compared to, compared to someone's life and someone's getting saved. Hmm. I was like, this is huge. And yeah, so that was a very, very, very life-changing moment right there. And God was able to use my injury and, you know, the darkness that came from the injury and he was able to use it to spread light to someone. And I truly believe, like, God used it not just to help Matt, but also me. Hmm. Because my mindset, like, I know I probably would have went crazy if I just got hurt for, like, no reason. Because I remember I just hit, like, 93 miles per hour. Like, me and you were working hard. Like, I was getting there. And then this just happened. And I, I it would have drove me crazy. So, like, I was able to look at that situation and be like, you know what? Like, this happened for a good reason. It happened to help Matt. And, but it also helped, happened to help me because it gave me a re, an understanding of why this happened. Hmm. And it gave me a sense of purpose. So I was like, this is beautiful how God was able to like coordinate this at the specific time to like have us meet and like change each other's lives. 
It's so cool how he works like that, man. It's, yeah, uh, his timing. His timing, and yeah. he never wastes a hurt. It's there's always uh, there's always pain, there's always hurt in the world, and um, he came for the the needy. He came for the the helpless and the hopeless. He didn't he didn't come for the guys who have their life all figured out, because uh, the guys who have their life all figured out don't need him. And um, to to see you at that point, I remember when you told me that uh, that same exact story, I was like, dude, this is, this is something that people need to hear. Like this is, this is for the masses, man. Like this isn't just something that happened for one person. This is uh, this is something that's going to change, change lives and change mindsets and, and draw people to God. God is glorified in the hurts and he's, um, he, he helps the vulnerable. He, he protects the, the helpless and, and, um, and ultimately, he's just good, man. It's so cool oh, to see, and yeah. it's it's cool to see. Um, it's cool to see how you didn't lose heart in that. I, I know there was like uh, low moments, like post post injury. There is exactly. for everyone. Like post post injury depression is is such a thing. Like, and, and I had it when I had my shoulder injury. I know you had it a little bit, and um, like we don't have to get into all that, but it is a thing. Like there, you hit that like peak, and then there's a valley that that follows that. Um, that injury, but, um, I'm, I'm really fired up to see like how you came back out of that Valley and, um, and kind of overcame those obstacles of even your doctors telling you you couldn't play anymore. Tell me a little bit about that story. Like, yeah, I mean, um, so basically like I remember going into the office and they thought I like tore my rotator cuff, but it was my pick and I completely tore it off my humerus bone. Um, like both, like both of the tendons and muscles and everything i forgot what it's called but yeah completely tore it off they had to like go in and just like uh screw in some like buttons into my humerus bone and then like get sutures and tie it over so it can grow back and that's that was supposed to be like an eighth month eight month process but uh i was able i was healed in four months hmm. so i did it and they told me like you know he was like honestly dylan i don't know if he could throw again he says, I've never seen a thrower like go through this experience. Um, so he'd probably be the first. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm willing to take that. And, um, you know, there was definitely times during that process where I was like, I don't think I can do this again. Like, I couldn't even lift my arm up for like a solid month. Like, I couldn't get it up here. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be a little tough. But um, I just had consistent prayer. I mean, like you said, the post-injury depression was a real thing, you know. Um, you don't really realize how like what you have until it's gone, you know. It's very cliche, but it's true. Like I didn't really realize like the feeling of just grabbing a baseball and just throwing it, like how great that felt. And like when it's taken away from you, you just tend to like look back and like wow, like. And I was like, wow, like I'm I'm truly getting like this at an early age, you know. Hmm. Like I feel like this is something like older people go through. Like oh, you don't realize like what you have when you were younger and like that's what I was feeling I was having that feeling and um there was many nights man where I just I wanted to just cry I was just crying just but like it was at those nights where like I literally felt like I was alone like I remember like just wanting to call you like all the time just wanting to text you but like I didn't want to put that on you but you know it just felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to during the time but the only person I could talk to was God, and it mm-hmm. felt like he was silent. And, you know, I did have a lot of, like, anger towards God during that time, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I mean, I still would look back at the situation that happened between me and Matt, 
and that would make me feel a little better, but there would still be those attacks, you know, those spiritual attacks where I just was like, just angry, angry with everyone, angry with everything. But um, I would say like the only way, the way I was able to overcome it was just staying consistent with prayer. I mean, it's a time thing. You know, everyone wants everything right now. And that's how I was. I wanted everything right now. You know, me, 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 right now, right now, right now. But I realized, I realized now, a year later, like this, it just happened like a year. Like I saw in my Snapchat memories, like a year later. Yep. Um, I just looked back and I'm like, wow, like so many things did change little by little. And I was eight, and I'm like, the butterfly effect from just this injury has like changed my life completely. Mm. Like I met people that I never was supposed to meet. Like, all this different stuff. And I'm like, wow, like, God was answering my prayers. I just didn't really, like, notice it at the time. It just took time. It was His timing. And it was His will. And I just had to let go. Let go, let God. Really let go of that resistance that I had. And, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I've seen the shift. Like, you've always been that instant gratification guy. You've definitely evolved in that world like you're not you're not staring at every single instagram video and expecting that that one video that one exercise within the video is going to change your entire life like you've you've changed and shifted to being more patient more more um consistent with like just even how you talk about god like that has changed tremendously i can tell you're a lot closer to him you're a lot happier um like you smile more like you used to be so serious bro you and you and your little brother are like the most serious people I know, but um, I get, I could just see the joy and the peace. Like those are the two key things that I saw, and it, it was tough from a coach's perspective to to not want to like go try and solve your problem, um, the the injury problem. Uh, but I knew that that God was going to meet you there because He met me there too. He met me at a super low place right before I got baptized. But uh, we don't need to get into that. But like the adversity of going through a hard time. Uh, when you when you don't rely on other people, that's such a powerful moment. And and I knew I, it it took a lot. Like Kristen and I had a lot of conversations about that, where it's like, hey, we need to go visit Dylan. And and it was like, dude, no. Like I I will literally like be doing more harm than good in that. Like I, I he needs to get through what he needs to get through, and he needs to come out stronger on the other other end. It's like being forged in the fire, kind of. Yeah. And God really did do some amazing work in that fire, man. Like you are such a stronger individual, like mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, because of that. And um, I'm super proud of you, man. I'm super proud of um, the man that God's like creating through this adversity. And um, and I'm fired up to see where he leads that journey, whether it's through baseball or through <laughs> being a pastor. I know you're at CBU right now. Yeah. How many how many semesters do you have left? Uh two. Two more, yeah. Two more. What what is your um, what's your major? Health science, pre PA. Okay, yeah. that's cool, man. Like yeah. I ju- I just know like whatever wherever career you land, um, post baseball, like whenever that is, in in two semesters or in ten years, like you're just gonna have such an impact on on whoever and wherever you're at, man. It's it's so cool to see, um. It's so, it's so cool to see how God has used your adversity to to just build your character and build other people up, man. And like literally that entire story is like verbatim what you told me on the phone that day, man. And it has the same impact now. So I know I know God is speaking through you, man. It's cool. Um, I guess I guess I just really just wanted to ask one more question. And um, 
to to the people who are actually sticking around for this whole uh, whole story, man, what would you tell them the the number one thing is that you wish you could have told yourself going into like having to deal with adversity? Trusting God, just trusting God, just um, understanding that things sometimes just don't always go your way, and just trusting that we have a God who wants the best for us. And I feel like a lot of people forget about that sometimes. Like God is a loving father who wants the best for his children. And, you know, even though life happens and bad things happen, um, he's always going to learn. He's always going to teach you from it. He's always going to teach you a lesson. He's always going to give you this. If you ask him, he'll give you the strength to go through it. And he'll be by your side the whole time. Yeah, and that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I know life life happens and we live in a fallen world, but um, the peace that comes with that, the peace that comes with um, relying on God and trusting in God uh, gets you through those valleys, man, and, and makes it so much more rewarding and fulfilling. Uh, that's super cool, man. Yeah, I appreciate having you on and um, appreciate uh, you sharing that story. I know it's a tough one to get through sometimes, but... Um, I know a lot of people are going to be edified and God is definitely glorified through it, man. I appreciate you coming yep. in, man. And, right. and I'll be seeing you at the facility. And um, I know our, our lessons are getting more and more fun and ramped up and you guys need to continue watching this guy's journey. Um, you can do so on Instagram. Uh, go ahead and share your Instagram user. Uh, Dodger Dylan 17. Yeah, is that on TikTok too? Um, Dodger Dylan 22 on TikTok. <laughs> I knew it was different. I, yeah. I always yeah. forget that one. Nice, man. Well, thank you for having me on, or having, uh, thank you for letting me have you on. Yes. There we go. Tongue twisted <laughs> there. I forgot how to talk for a second. Um, but yeah, let's, um, let's, uh, just wrap it up, um, with a word of prayer. If you don't, if you don't mind, dude, go ahead. Yeah. Um, all right. Go for it. Father God, thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk, Lord. Please help this message, um, impact and touch someone's life, Lord. If, even if it's just one person, Lord. Please let them know that you're with them always through all the struggles, all the adversity, all the dark times, Lord. Please give them the strength to push forward and trust in your timing and your will for their lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen, brother. Thank you so much, dude. All right, man. I appreciate you. you. That was very awkward. <laughs> <laughs>